Good morning, faggots and pickets. <laughs> wow, that's good. Thank you. I just came up with it on the spot. That's really good. You're uh, welcome. My name is Kai. My pronouns are he, her, hers. This is If It's Gay We Play. Oh, I was going to introduce my name and pronouns, and then t- then we can introduce the podcast. Okay, fine, fine. My name's Hannah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And joining us on Skype is uh is um aaron um and uh my pronouns are he him his great the the collective soft boyfriend this is this is uh if it's gay we play it's a podcast about games and being gay and did you see that coming wild isn't it (laughs) absolutely inconceivable we're in quarantine still. Woo! I am, what day is today? Today's the 12th. Uh, You're almost a full month or? Yeah, six, almost a full six month more or days like me. and I will have been in quarantine for a full month. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Um, Emotionally, physically. Mentally. Spiritually. spiritually I left the house for the first time sexually. in a little bit over a month uh, yesterday. I drove to my physical therapy place, uh, the nonprofit that serves um, people with uh, physical disabilities primarily who are in wheelchairs um, or whose mobility is affected, and they gave me two free cloth masks, and I talked to all the people that I normally see there, and it was nice to talk in person with, um, with people outside these four walls. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. Whenever that gets to happen. Yeah. The other day, um, Charles referenced these 18 walls. Hi, Charles. Hi, Charles. Um, and I was like, did you count the amount of walls that are in your house? And he's like, yes. What the fuck else does he got to do? Exactly. That is exactly what he said we is should... what the fuck else do I have to do? Yeah. We could count the walls in our house. There are a staggering number of walls in There our house. is a staggering quantity of walls in our house. Our house is an old Victorian, which is, yes, hot. Yes, gay also confusing to explain (laughs) the layout of our house to listeners it's not it doesn't really feel like it was built for furniture or people it Uh, feels like it was built for the aesthetic tm which i can get behind i'm reading all of oscar wilde's works right now like i obviously am a huge fan of the aesthetic but it's it's not even i mean there's aesthetic choices i would have made differently in terms of where walls are and aren't in our house for instance the wall that's right behind me wouldn't exist because why does it there's no reason. Um, although a lot of these doors once, or a lot of these doorways once had doors on them. Because the Which Victorians, is ridiculous. The Victorians liked their secrets. They liked all the doors to be. Ooh, oh my. my what a bad audio that you've made. What a secret you've built here. What did Hannah bang on the table? Who knows? It was my coffee. Oh, you gave it away. Ah, oh, shoot. Oh, the, the ARG is ruined. <laughs> the ARG that we've been working on for two years with our bad audio is ruined. It's ruined. Ruined. Um... Fuck, you know, just fuck. <laughs> now they'll be able to now, now they'll be able to get all those Dave and Buster's bucks that have uh-huh. been hiding behind the ARG wall. We are a gaming podcast, you, which means that we automatically get a million Dave and Buster bucks when we start. That's true. That's, that's a well-known. We were an fact. industry plant all along. That's, this has really been just oh, a long well. ploy to get you to go to Dave and Buster's and buy ex- a fifteen-dollar Moscow Mule. This has been a oh Christ! Ex- are they really fifteen dollars? Of course they are. It's they're a more than fifteen dollars, probably. And they're oh probably atrocious. It's probably the worst Moscow oh, Mule sure. you've ever had in your life. And it's like eighteen dollars, and they call it like the Mule Bust. They have like some stupid fucking funny name for it. <laughs> the and Moscow it, Dave. And it's like, here's the thing: the Moscow Mule is three ingredients. How do you fuck it up? They find a way. I'm sure. I've never been to a Dave and Buster's. I'm ashamed to admit. Um, if, why are you ashamed of that? I'm deeply. It's ashamed. actually the best place in the world. Just don't really buy food fun. or drink there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Casa Bonita in that way. In that you go for the game, the the entertainment. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah, you've never been to Casa Bonita. I've never been to. Casa I knew Bonita. that. That's not a secret. You're yeah. not actually from Colorado. So I'm that's strangely from Colorado, but not from Colorado. Yeah, like you grew, you, you. I were, moved here when I was five years old. Yeah, so so I've had a lot of Colorado experience. I'm a person of Colorado experience. Also, however, you're, you're from Fort Collins, but that's yeah, usually not but an excuse. My, that's usually not an excuse. People normally drive from all over, but my parents are from California and they moved to Colorado when they were well into their adulthood, so they don't know. They yeah, didn't know like the cultural like. 
landscape when oh, I was and Casamita is very specifically a Denver cultural landscape, yeah. even though it's in Aurora. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so they didn't um, know about that because they were in Fort Collins in their own. They were world, also you know? like bougie. Yes, bougie closed yes. doors helicopter white people. Yes, so like they would never have yes. sent you to a place as as no genuinely filthy and disgusting as Casamita. They would not. Um, though did they did. Here's a funny. I question. got to go to Chuck. Chuck E. Cheese. That's what you knew it was about to come out of my Yeah, I, I was about to talk about getting to go to Speaking Chuck E. Cheese. Speaking of the most filthy in us, did you get to go to Discovery Zone? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got to go the to the Children's dis- Museum. I got to go everywhere. Well, the Children's Museum is dope as hell. It's even doper yeah. as hell now. I know. I'm and really was, jealous that I'm not a child and I was can't dri- go well, play. I was driving by it with my parents and I, on the way to the airport, yeah, and yeah. I was like, I was like, damn, I wish I could like borrow a child and go play in that giant fucking Mad Max industrial playground. They I have know, outside that's I want that so bad. Righteous and radical. And we they were should like, borrow a child and do mushrooms. Well, yes. Well, no. That the thing you <laughs> just said. <laughs> no, is, no, well, no. Have another combo. person who is no, 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 the no. trip sitter and, and the no, child no, sitter. No, no part of us. I am saying this out loud <laughs> on the podcast. Should be on mushrooms at the children's museum. Okay, what fair. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, yeah. Let's us a couple of strange adults who do not and no, will no, not no, ever I mean, have children. Go do psychedelic drugs and be around a bunch of children. You understand that the Children's Museum will be full of children when we go. That part did not occur to me, no. Yeah, no. The other patrons <laughs> of this museum, because my parents were like, I think you can just go. I don't think you even have to be a child. I'm like, yeah, but think about what you're saying, mom or stepdad, whoever said it. doesn't matter. Mom or dad. Yeah, Tell me. think about what you're saying right now. You were suggesting, again, I, a strange adult, a generally considered to be relatively scary-looking adult, I'm going to go, my fucking dumbass is just going to go to the Children's Museum and be like, yes, hello, for totally normal reasons. I would like to enjoy your establishment, even <laughs> though I do not have a child and will never have a child. Trust me, it's only for normal reasons. And they would only be for normal reasons. Yes. But are the motherfuckers at the Children's Museum, like what, put yourself in the position of the person working at the Children's Museum. I would not let you in. Exactly. No, I know. I know. I, uh, Jesus, Anna. I'm so sorry. I realize how badly, uh, this concept is going for me right now. Um, how badly this concept is. How badly this concept is. But here's what I want because, okay, the Denver, I want them to have, this is not an advertisement for the Children's Museum because they haven't paid us, but they could. They could. Because they have, so when I was a kid, it was the dopest thing in the world and you could do like, uh, they anything had a, you could do anything they had a um here's things i remember images i remember from the children's museum you yes. could pretend to milk a cow yes that was a like just a glove filled with water yes which, if you have children great activity it's Maybe very it fun them how to milk cows i don't know a little bit i but you should i mean whatever and uh so you could pretend to milk a cow there was some sort of big trough full of sand yes and water I that. that was very fun to play in i don't remember why it was there but i remember that it was sandy mud okay i I want to hop in with my memories also at the same time no yeah please um so there was a gigantic play kitchen that you could be in and you could like make an assembly line of kids making things next to the play kitchen there was a uh play garden that was sort of like winnie the pooh style and there was a bunch of like little things that you could climb in there and one of my favorite parts of the children's museum was there was this whole play animal section where you could dress up as an animal and pretend to be an animal and i would I love that. to play uh, the the dog and there was like a dog house and there were ears you could wear it was like was there something was where you could like pretend to be a caterpillar and a yes. butterfly and there was that like, was the garden area that I'm that's right and you learned about metamorphosis metamorphosis and yeah. the life cycle the I children's remember museum was tight as fuck it was tight as fuck it had a little amphitheater where they would have little like you know programs about why drugs are bad or whatever yeah and I very distinctly hold on I'm not going to snuffle into the mic. I'm going to try to limit my bad audio. Um, But I have a lot of phlegm sort of at the back of my throat because it is the intersection between allergy. It's spring in Colorado, which means it's the intersection between allergy season and dry season. Yes. Um, And also weed smoking season, which is the uh, third biggest phlegm producer. Yeah. Well, it's also this whole month is 420. So that is a fact that I've been telling everyone that I speak to. Yeah. So we could talk a little bit about that we want if that's good content but anyway so um i remember very distinctly when i was a kid seeing some sort of program about why smoking is bad like it was it was a uh, how educational uh, it was it was super educational it taught you what was actually in cigarettes and it taught including but not limited to toilet bowl cleaner yes uh rat poison and rat poison 
and it was like a there was like a smoking care. It was very effective on me as a child. I, I know you that. really hate cigarettes. I do. I mean, I smoked them for a while, but they are genuinely extremely evil, and they will definitely kill you. Their com- their corporation, their corporate hold is deeply evil. Well, the cigarettes themselves are also deeply evil. They are designed specific cigarettes. I'm not talking about tobacco. Yeah, I'm no, I'm cigarettes. saying in so much as an object can be evil. Yes, right, but yeah, they are designed to purposefully to kill you. And yeah, be they're evil. designed. Yes. They're designed to. And the Children's and Museum you. taught you this. To get yeah, back it on did. Subject. It taught me yeah. that in the in the fucking late 90s when I was a small child. Yeah. So um, anyway, the Children's Museum, tight as fuck. Hannah and I are like adult I keep, Wait, people. hold on. I want to keep talking about the Children's Museum. Okay, there's no, well, more, I, okay. There's more things that happened that I wasn't done with my memories. All you right, hopped in with going. your memories, and you were done with your memories, but I have more uh, Sorry, memories. I thought you didn't have any more. Tell me no, more. No, I did. You just, you jumped in with your memories in the middle okay, of my tell memories. Okay, me tell me about the memories. <laughs> there's a ski hill outside that oh, was yeah. a, a, it had like, I guess. Slides? Just, tall slides? No, it was literally... In the late 90s, it was literally, I mean, maybe there were tall slides. There were tall slides. I Sorry, believe you. keep going. There was, uh, I'm also a little bit older than you, so it's, yes. it's possible that there were things that were added, like there's possible that there's things that w- that didn't overlap. I think there's probably nothing that I saw that you didn't see, but there's yeah. might be things that you saw that I didn't That's see. That's very possible. Because um, those like three years will make a huge difference in going mm-hmm. to the children's museum. Yes. But anyway, there's a ski hill outside. Uh, that was dope. Um, where you could like, yeah, you could you ride the little bunny hill up and then ski on down with fake snow, and you could learn how to ski. Um, which is an extremely Colorado it's thing. It's a deeply Colorado to children's have. I mean, you got to know how to ski. If That's you're, true. I don't know. I've never you, done it. Yeah. Um, you've never skied? No. I think we've talked about this before, but you've never skied or snowboarded. Nope. Ever in your life? Nope. And you lived in Fort Collins for like. Yes. 15 years or some shit. 18 years. Wow. Yeah. It's like right there when you live in Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can just like go yeah. ski. Mm-hmm. Wow. Never done and, it. and you grew up rich and white, so that's shocking to me. Yeah. But your parents were so helicopter and skiing is so fucking dangerous. That my like... parents uh, are also, uh, or at least my mom is physically disabled, couldn't ski. Your dad is as healthy as can be, though. I would have thought that he would have taken you skiing. Mm-mm. Nope. Hmm. Huh. Wild. Yeah, you're not. You're so not Colorado. You've never been to Casavanita. Never skied. You've never skied or snowboarded. Nope. Uh, tubed. Uh, You've been to a ski resort. No. And done snow activities. Never. Uh, no. Wow. Because tubing is at least like what you do when you don't yeah, ski no. or snowboard. Because tubing's fun as hell. You just yeah, get never done it in a gigantic inner tube and go down a big hill. I mean, I've done that like on the hill behind my um, parents' house, but not like a big ski hill. No. Yeah. No. They have dope. Big ski hills That's for great. it. That's uh, cool. It's really fun. We yeah, never go. done it. Uh, we should go. Yep, never done it. So anyway, point being, the Children's Museum was dope. Now, they probably still held all the same things. And you can see from the highway, there's this gigantic, in, I say industrial, which makes it sound dangerous, and maybe it is, but I think it's probably <laughs> well built because it's the 21st century now. It's no longer the late 90s. This is great because we're going to talk about nostalgia on this podcast and I get to talk about the yes. incredibly dangerous playgrounds uh, at my elementary school that were fun as hell and did fuck a lot of kids up, including but not limited to me. It was built out of old tires and splintered wood. That's not a joke. So anyway, the Children's Museum has this big, like, very cool, like, kind of diesel punk statue that you like that you can see from the road that is also just a giant fucking, like, playground. It's really aesthetically pleasing. And it looks like it goes up pretty high and it's got, like, uh, like bridges, rope bridges and, yeah, like, yeah. slides and climbing. It looks dope as hell and it I want to be on it. And I really want the Children's Museum of Denver to have an adult night. That's what I was going to say is I would nights. like it to have an adult night or adult night so adults can go yeah. play. Here's here's the thing I will say. Yes. There does need to be a breathalyzer at the door. Yes. Drunk adults cannot be running around the children's no. museum or there will no longer be a children's museum. Yes. Because drunk adults are like children except much more destructive. Okay, concept actually. I have, I have a new concept. Okay, great. Lay the, it on me. The Meow Wolf method of like immersive theater or immersive art is an adult children museum discuss it totally is that's it that's it that's it folks except the uh, hey yeah um i also want to reveal that there is a place you can go as an adult um that does serve alcohol what? that you won't break is it dave and buster's it is called the no no <laughs> we've already covered it. The... <laughs> all right is it the st louis kai 
See, Kai, you interrupted me, and now he already knows the thing, and now I look like a fucking poser now. I'm you sorry. I like know about poser. the St. Louis yeah, one, too. It's, the um, reason we know about it is because it was on Wonderful. No, the reason Louis, I know about City it is because I've been there. The is the greatest place in the world, and you yes. can go in there, and go. you can have a yes. beer, and you can traipse around yes. wherever you want, and it's yes. not just for kids. Yes. There is a photo of me in a uh, cut-in-half school bus in the sky on the roof uh-huh. of the museum and overlooking the city so of St. Louis. It is there. so tight. I've been there. Yeah. I've been everywhere. It's so it's so your parents to take you to dope museums that are like in other states. I went there as an adult. When did you go to – oh, yeah, that's right because you went to visit your shitty uncle. In yeah, I visited my shitty uncle before. Right. He's have, dead now. You um, have shitty, shitty Missouri I have shitty family. M- Missouri family, yeah. It's not Missouri's fault that they're shitty. It's I mean, it is Missouri's <laughs> fault that they're shitty. What are you talking about? Because Missouri is an intersection of some of the worst parts of the South and some of the worst parts of the Midwest. Yes. Because it's right sort of there. It's like your gateway. And some of like the coolest parts, though, too. Like, yes, it is. St. Louis is really cool. Don't get uh, me wrong. And I've also, heard... a lot of people from Missouri are people that I really enjoy. Yeah, and from what I've heard, KC is cool. KC is cool. I yeah. like Aaron. I like Aaron very much. I like Aaron. I like Neil. I like Nick. I like Josh. Yep. Those are four KC boys. I'm all right. Aaron's okay, I guess. <laughs> Aaron's review of himself, middling. Middling. At My best. review of okay. Aaron, positive. Let's hop into some of our things. Well, this, um, this kind of is our things because we're talking about, oh, no, we have regular Segos. Yeah. Ha! Uh, what's the gayest thing that you've done this week? I custom painted. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was this week. I had week. a very productive, quote unquote. I hate the word yes, productive because it sounds so capitalistic. No, I know. What's another? Uh, well, I had another I had very, very satisfying I week. I had a satisfying, artistic, and fulfilling week. It yeah, was productive was for my own, for like us, right? Yeah. Because here's things, here's everything I did last week, basically, besides work at my job, which I did sometimes. Yeah. I custom painted. Henry was getting rid of his old bed frame, old roommate yeah. Henry. By Henry. By Henry. <laughs> and uh, he had a, a raw, the cheapest Ikea bed frame, which is the raw wood ones. And so, but it's like a platform bed, which is what I like. This is too much detail. Point being is I custom painted it for myself and it's dope as hell. And then I have a raw wood fucking cheap Ikea bed stand that I've had for like almost, no, it's not almost 10 years. It's like six, it's a long time. six or seven years, whatever. And I custom painted that. And so now I have a matching occult black and gold it's bed set. It's very good. Um, that I just worked my little tuckus off in the sun. I've been tanning a lot. Yeah. Um, it's very tan right now. I am actually quite tan and only getting tanner. Yep. Uh, not right now, though, because it's snowing. Yesterday it was like 75 degrees. It's Colorado's wild. Colorado. Um, uh, oh, I painted, but custom painted my shit. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I cleaned the whole house. Mm-hmm. I uh, deep cleaned the bathrooms. It's mm-hmm. really satisfying to do house chores when I have nothing but time to do them exactly correctly like I can do them as thoroughly and as exactly correctly as I want like Mm -hmm. I can take as much time as I want in a day to sweep and mop the house properly and mop all the floorboards which I did by the way thank you um because I don't have anything else to do it's not like okay I have I only have two days off and I have to cram all my chores and relaxing time into these two days I have nothing but days off ish I mean I can work whenever you know I have like 11 hours of work to do a week yeah um so i can just spend the rest of the time doing chores properly and that's very very satisfying uh today i'm gonna rearrange a bunch of the art in our house um oh and i saw my my uh uh sdgf my social distance girlfriend um and she brought me some bath bombs and some books and i gave her a bunch of books of poetry and we sat at a safe distance out front and I explained we talked about the books uh that we were giving each other and like literature and poetry in general and uh, she brought me a book too she did she brought you a book um and that was pretty gay to only be able to see my girlfriend from like six feet away mm-hmm. um and to talk about poetry and blow kisses I saw a post on the internet that actually really exemplifies how gay you are because you're living both um, the lesbian experience is having a uh, only a long distance relationship or living together twenty four hours. Yeah, it's like the post says like uh, right now the only option for couples is uh, only like long distance or, or living together for twenty four hours a day. 
it's we're all lesbians yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been a lesbian the whole time, so now I, I just feel like I'm like quadrupling down on being yes. a lesbian. Because you're right, I am experiencing both at the same time. Yes. I am both in a in a in a sadly long distance relationship. It's sad because she lives like a half hour from my house. It it the only reason it's long distance is because of the fucking dumb disease. Um, and I also live with a partner, twenty four hours a day. Yes. So I get to experience the <laughs> the best, the worst parts of both of those things, and the best parts of both of those things. But there's not a lot that's great about not being able to see your partner at all because of a a virus. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the gayest thing you've done this week, Kai? Um, I don't know, pine probably. Um, <laughs> I think uh, the gayest thing that I've done this week is honestly probably like have a call of duty day with my boys when my antidepressants made me sad um i think that i view playing call of duty as a queer trans adult and like i don't know holding my own in that game and in the rapport with my friends while also bringing uh check-in conversation into the room and not yelling slurs at the other players in the game is a very effective method of reclaiming something that is traditionally owned by straight white teenage boys um and don't uh don't get me wrong also straight white uh shitty adults yes um Sort of, you know, reframing that in a, in a queer narrative and, you know, blah, 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 queer theory, so etc. Queering Call of queering Duty. Call of Duty is what I call my new series. And I would like to start streaming me and the boys playing Call of Duty at some point soon because I think we're quite funny and also all right at the game. Um, Dope. Now that we have a, uh, a, a full party of boys for quads. Um, you, you and your boys are just working on your quads. Me you know? and my boys are just working on our quads, and uh, several of my boys are quite talented. Um, I'm very proud of my boys. Uh, they've really devoted their time to the craft effectively. Wonderful. Yeah. So, uh, Hannah. Yep. What have you been playing? I haven't played a video game all week. What? Well, that's not actually true. What? Excuse me. I'm back on words with friends. That's yeah, the only that's game a video I've been playing game. this week. Uh, don't discount phone games as games. games no, you're right. Games. You're right. I just forgot. I don't even consider Wars with Friends is just like a thing I do with my brain. It's like I don't even consider it a game. It's just like it's just word puzzles are like just a thing I do with my brain to keep mm-hmm. myself occupied. So I forget that it's technically a game because um, Danielle plays it and I wanted to kick her ass. Um, and I'm presently kicking her ass. I'm not like completely kicking her ass. Like we're she's. Listen, it's been a it's been a fair and good competition, and she's very good at words with friends, and I'm winning. Uh, and so I get to kick a bunch of my other friends' asses too. Um, although words with friends is different rules than Scrabble, and so it's easier to be good at it. It's like it's not the it's same thing. Different doesn't apply. to be good at it. It's different to be good at it. Yeah. So I uh, uh, don't categorically kick everyone's asses. And then uh, we oh we've been playing tabletop games. Yeah, we also. played a lot of tabletop games. We uh, I paused. I stopped playing Words with Friends to play a real life game of Scrabble with yes. you and I for yesterday, which was fun. Um, and we've been playing. We've had a game of Arkham Horror sitting on our uh, dining room table for several days now because we uh, stopped playing. Uh, the other night and we just haven't finished um yeah we don't enough sit down time so we're gonna do it today it's or a long game tomorrow it's an extremely long game it's a very good game yeah so we're playing a very uh satisfying game of arkham horror and we also played D. we did play D. that's true we've been playing D yep. with charles hi charles hi charles dming a uh campaign for charles. us charles hi hi charles hi charles for uh new roommate ivor this is our new roommate ivor and for your style guest on this podcast, Adeline, and for the two of us, the two of us, and Danielle's guesting with us. And Danielle's right now. guesting with us, and I'm hoping it turns into a permanent spot. I would love that too. I don't want to put that pressure on Charles, but I would love it to be a permanent spot. Yeah. Or anyone involved. If if everyone wants that, I would like that very much to happen. I would like that. I like Danielle. She's very good, and her rogue is 
rogues are very very good yeah and that's the thing is, is she's saving our ass yeah she's very good at D. she keeps rolling very very I yeah mean, i was gonna I say that's that. that's the other thing is she's making this game a lot easier for us yeah, and i like that <laughs> we, need, we need a rogue. we have kind of a really unbalanced party yeah, and it would be do. really nice to have a rogue <laughs> it's finally getting a little bit more balanced now though that i have two attacks um, yeah now that we're turn and now that you also have two attacks oh my God. Per turn, our back-to-back fucking was so badass b- b- uh, barbarian paladin one two yeah, Three, I'm a fifth level punch. paladin, so I just and got I'm a my second attack. Fifth level barbarian, so I just got my second attack. Yeah, uh, and my rages are very, very powerful. Yeah, so I we've can... just been having a nice time, just powering through some boys, some bad boys, boys. Some bad bad boys, not very my good bad, very spooky boys. boys, very spooky boys, been, zombos. Uh, yeah, we've been in a, a real zombo heavy campaign. Yeah, real spooky heavy campaign. Yeah. Uh, real... Charles has been writing a lot of really fucked up stuff. I was going to say, can Lovecraftian, I just say... But it's not. It's more like it's it's more like yeah, no, it's really fucked up. It's like Sarah Kane-ass shit, but times 10 with, like, some fallout thrown in. I disagree that it's Vegas. Sarah Kane, because it's more... Is Sarah, a, I hate Sarah Kane. She sucks shit. I like Sarah Kane. I know. B, uh... And she I blur- also hate Sarah Kane. I won't say she sucks shit, She but. is hateable. Like, I don't think she's She glorifies good. suicide. Like, I I can't abide by I that. I don't think she, she glorifies she suicide. she is readable? I, no, hold on. I don't know what I said. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I said that she is bad. Like, she's... I don't want to. Well, d- off air, off air discussion. This is a games podcast, or not a theater podcast. This, this but not is for like right now. like there are two incredibly popular figures who I just cannot wrap my head around, which is Sarah Kane and Rupi Carr, and they. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Rupi they have a, a similar space for me of like I understand that people feel this way, but writing exactly what that feeling is with no artistic merit. How is that art? It's not poetry. Ruby Carr it's doesn't not write poetry. poetry. It's not a play. Ruby Carr it's just a series space, of I, Actually, Ruby yeah, Carr I don't think it's a play. I don't think Sarah. It's page pretty. It's not poetry. I don't think that Sarah Kane writes plays. I no. think that that's a very good point, and I fully agree with it as a person also, who loves Sarah Kane. They're also they're basically, basically unperformable. Well, Almost yeah, no, they are basically unperformable. No stage direction. That make, that no stage direction and purposely technical elements that are almost impossible to yes. stage. Um, and I think she has done that purposefully. I think it's really interesting to see literally just mental illness written on a page. To me, that's it's, not yeah. necessarily romanticizing it. That's just... Well, I think she does both. Like, I think her plays embodying gl- it. also glorify it. Yes, from I, what yes, I've read. Yes you know, and I, no. You know, I have to agree. Um, I don't necessarily know if I think that they glorify it. I think that they just kind of put up a, a, a mirror to mental right, which illness I think and say, without, this is you, this is what you look like. And I don't think Without that, saying anything about that. Which that, I think has its place, is what I'll say. My thing is that I think it's dangerous and irresponsible because, like, 444 Psychosis, to me, is not a play. It's a glorified... It's a It's not a play. Note. It is a it's suicide a su- Literally a yes. suicide note. And I think performing that... I don't think you should perform it. I don't think you should perform it. I think Sarah As a Kane person who is uh, a co-directed... I, yeah, exactly. That's what I think it is, is I think it's deeply worthy of study because I think her identity as a lesbian is not to be forgotten in all of this totally and her experience with addiction and abuse and grief i don't know she reminds me a lot of lingua ignota um except less with a like survivor narrative Mm -hmm. and more with a failure narrative to me it's basically like the queer art of failure like Mm -hmm. it's embodying that failure so deeply because she didn't write a play she failed at writing a play every single time she tried to write a play and i think that that embodies the method by which um we have a greater understanding of queerness because of Sarah Kane is how I feel. Ooh, um, you just changed and that's my whole why I really like her. Wait, can you repeat that? I think that Sarah Kane, uh, in her failure to ever write a play, gives us a greater understanding of what queerness is. Um, can you? Jack Halberstam writes a lot about the queer art of failure. That's what I was uh, to explain that more. In his in his book entitled "The Queer Art of Failure." Um, which is to say that it basically lines up with a lot of the writing of um, Jose Esteban Nunez 
and um, Lee Edelman actually in the interesting way that those two things combine to talk about how queerness is everything that is societally reviled. Mm -hmm. Um, Jean Genet sort of touches on this in better written plays and better written journals, but Sarah Kane touches on it in that she fails to ever write a play and um, in always is representing the societally reviled, right? Mm. Every single piece of her play is the opposite of what is considered good and right and moralistic in society. It's, yeah, it's theater and of cruelty. It's for theater sure. of cruelty and brutalism to its greatest extent. And through that failure to represent anything good about society, we have a greater lens to what queerness as a concept is. Yeah, I mean, fuck, dude. Similar to Janae. I mean, I have very strong feelings about this, and I actually have, like, theory to back up my feelings. I know. I just, I've never heard your I've pro never, Sarah yeah. Kane argument other than, I think she's worth, especially with that lens in mind, I think mm-hmm. she's absolutely worthy but of studying. But I study. do not think that she her should play should be, be put performed. on. I do not I think, think okay, as so a person who has performed in one of her plays and directed one of her plays, I do not think her play should be yeah, put on. Yeah, directed by a... Uh, Co-directed one of her co- plays yeah, with uh, a, uh, a psychopath. What else I was going to say? Directed by a suicide psychopath which is fascinating romantic. by the way so here's here's my problem with sarah kane it's yeah. a similar problem i have with like fight club is that it's it's trying to say something but the people who tend to gravitate it's okay the people who tend to and i guess this isn't really sarah kane's fault but the people who tend to gravitate towards her work mm-hmm. are and and think it is worthy of performing or worthy of like this it's the pedestal. rick and marty pl- uh, problem it is completely the rick and marty problem and it's the fight club problem right it's yeah. it's it's not necessarily the work's fault it is a little bit because it's trying yeah. to say something but it but does it so it. ineffectively mm-hmm. that it attracts exactly the opposite audience fight yes. club i don't think was really trying to say no. anything i think it was just glorifying masculinity and pretending yes. to say something um the same person as a matter of fact the same person who uh directed those plays who i am comfortable calling out on this podcast because i think he's a psychotic and dangerous abuser and he's in the theater community so that's up to you whether you want me to say his name or not i would feel comfortable doing it i don't okay dm me because i personally dm us for the name but i do not think that he deserves to i don't think that anyone should be uh doxxed internationally I don't think that's going to happen with our listeners, but it, it could. I, I mean, we would be the ones who are doxing him. Releasing a private name is doxing. I don't, he's not a private name. He's a public figure. He has his name out on public things I'm in the I'm still not going to do it, but if you need the name, if you're working in the theater community in Denver, which is a fun yeah. overlap, DM us. Yeah, I'm just saying that like he his his name is public. It's yes, on no, stuff. Fair. Uh, I could point at his theater company and but say, but we have a larger platform than he does. No, I I yeah I agree. And I've seen instances of this happening online. I just don't. That's fair. I hate him and wish yeah. him to suffer. No, sure. And that's a separate uh, set of problems. Yeah, keep that keep that separate. So anyway, Sarah anyway, point Kane, being is is the same person who directed those plays that you worked on is the same person who uh, one time I was in a room full of women and him. And yeah, we were having a discussion about fight women and non-binary folks and him, and uh, in some co- women-ish folks <laughs> and him. And uh-huh. uh, we were discussing Fight Club because we had all just watched it together. Yeah, yeah. And we were discussing how uh, we think it's like a couple of us were like, yeah, I mean, I, I love this movie. I'll watch it again. Like, it's a fucking great movie. And I don't think it's an effective like satire or setup or critique of masculinity at all. I think it ends up glorifying the thing that it ostensibly sets out to uh, critique mm-hmm. and that's the discussion we were having and that's the level of intensity of discussion was just like yeah and you know I really like this movie but I think it's blah 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 in the middle of it this person who we're talking about stands up sh- interrupts somebody shouts over the room about how attacked he feels for being a white man goes into his room and slams the door so um that's all I'm saying about the audience that sort of gravitates to Sarah Kane and Fight Club and Rick and Morty as like a who this person is also the person who told me to watch Rick and Morty. Yes. Uh, as a thing because they are the people who like they're the people who would be like, well, Pickle Rick. Like the point is that like of the Pickle Rick episode because I've seen most of Rick and Morty. Yes. Uh, more than one time, as a matter of fact, because I used to love that show. Um, but the point of the Pickle Rick episode is that he's supposed to go to therapy, but that's not what you come away from the episode with. But you come away from the episode if you're a certain type of person that Pickle Rick is like a badass and blah, blah, blah. So that's all I'm saying about Sarah Kane is that it 
I don't think it's effective in I don't even know if it's trying to say anything though it might just be saying I'm Sarah Kane and I want to kill myself which it does say that effectively I mean it's up to it's up to the reader I think to figure out what is being said because so much of what it is is putting your feelings and experiences into the words that Sarah Kane has written which I think for me, like from a reader as opposed to a researcher and theorist perspective, just like a, a fan's perspective, um, it allows me to name feelings and experiences that I have previously felt unnameable or unspeakable. Um, like I feel that identifying with a lesbian who has written those words and like felt those feelings and lived a life and like was a playwright somehow and um I don't know just made has uh, like many other historical works in the queer lexicon has made me feel less alone mm. and more capable I guess like the fact that Sarah Kane got published with all of her dumb bullshit <laughs> made me feel more publishable and hmm. valuable okay. as uh, somebody who had something to say about the world. Um, and that was really, really important to me when I was in college. Totally. And having consumed that narrative now, like as an adult who is out of college, um, I feel like I have a much stronger ability to write effectively as a result of that Hell yeah, dude. um so i mean i don't know it's complex right people are complex like that people person that you're complex. talking about calling out also uh physically protected me and helped me escape from my abuser so totally i mean things, i think so thing, that he could then groom you yeah, and have control sure, over you no i don't disagree i'm just i'm still saying like that act yeah. let me be here today totally. which is cool it's and Sarah Kane let me be here today which is also cool yeah. um but like it's not like those are good people it's no, not I like think... those are people who have something beneficial to bring the world as a whole it's just my personal experience with Sarah Kane and also what I think about her as a as an analyst totally yeah I I you have as from an analytical perspective you have swayed me on Sarah Kane for sure, sure. Um, Sarah Kane's a playwright, by the way. We've been talking about her for like half an hour. You could probably gather that from context, but she's a, a very sad lesbian playwright. We're going to have to title this something 90s. like the Kai Gets Sidetracked by Theater episode. We both did. It's yeah. not just you. No, we're, it's we're true, but I'm yeah. We're having a thoughtful discussion about uh, the value of bad queer media. It's not even bad. I mean, here's the thing. I think her plays are bad. I think they're boring and bad. But it's, to me, when I read Sarah Kane especially because I didn't really encounter Sarah Kane until I was older and out of college and not really in that phase. It's kind of like how a lot of people, I don't think it's the same. You look so stoked to say something and I, I will call I'm you. I'm holding. I know. I'm, I'm just telling you I will call on you next because I'm excited for whatever you're going to say. It's, it's a lot of people have this relationship to a uh, fucking, what's that bad book called? Um, Catcher Looking in the Rye. Alaska? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Basically the same book yeah, by basically the same white guy. Yeah. So Catcher in the Rye is like, if you read it at the right time, you might end up with a really, or if you're a straight, if you're a straight white guy, you might end up with a really profound relationship to Catcher in the Rye. I found nothing in Catcher in the Rye when I read it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm too, I, and I was 16. And at the time I was like, I'm too old for this. Like this book is yeah. so irritating. I read it when I was 14. I felt like I was too old for it. It's, and uh, because it's bo it's boring, bad, whiny nonsense. Um, and so I feel that way. I feel like maybe that's kind of similar to the relationship with Sarah Kane, where like if I mm. discovered her at the right time in my life, yeah, maybe I might have liked her a lot better. Because a lot of people feel that exact same way about the Mountain Goats, and yeah. I won't deny them that fact. Um, but I hit the Mountain Goats when I was eighteen, right? And you gave me the Mountain Goats, and at I the gave exact you right time. Yeah. Thank you. And I will love the Mountain Goats forever. And yes. I th and John Darnielle actually speaks to how unhealthy the things he used to write yes. about are. And I respect that about him. Is that Me he too. says, like, like, I will never write another album like Tallahassee because that's not. And he doesn't perform going to Georgia live anymore because he doesn't think it's responsible to portray yeah, that as a laudable relationship. So, so all of that is to say that I think when I encountered Sarah Kane, I was, all I heard was, my name's Sarah Kane and I would like to kill myself. Which 
is one of the things that her plays are saying, and she did. Yep. So I had a really incredible realization. Did you I'm mean no children? They year. don't perform no children anymore. No, no they, they perform, perform no children like crazy. They don't show. perform uh, going to Georgia live. Yeah. And when he performs no children, he says, "This is a song about divorce, and if you ever get divorced, may this be a song for you." And then yeah. he plays the shit out of yeah. no children. That's literally they, exactly what he, he says. He won't play going to Georgia live. Yeah, ever again. That's bizarre to me. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like no children is the more toxic of the two. Going to Georgia is very much up to interpretation and sounds a lot more like classic folk songs in that you don't really have any context. You're just being hit with a series of images yes. um, that are more disjointed. No children is like, uh, I hope we fucking die. I can't wait to be dead and I yes. hate you. Uh, I think it's about the place that he was in his life when he wrote each of those and the mm-hmm. standpoint. Right. So writing. why ever stop playing any of them is my thing. So because he's. I mean, I. I, think I would still like to say him, my thing about but Sarah. I Kane. think that's silly. Please. Yes. That please I've been you, waiting patiently for. Um, and then we'll get back to the mountain ghost. Yeah. Uh, so I realized that um, Sarah Kane's plays are uh an act of camp but it's not camp as we uh like automatically assume camp is because camp is actually um an act of anger and pain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it is over exaggerating and using stereotypes to exemplify societal hegemonic ideals and i think that's exactly what sarah kane did probably accidentally and that's part of the reason why i think or, it's yeah. important to or maybe on purpose or maybe on it's purpose i don't know but it's camp no, but not as we understand it. You're, it, com- it you're completely right it has broadened the definition of camp in my mind it's complete camp uh in the way that for for kind of listener context an example of how i i like to use that camp is actually very sad um, I mean, it's joyous, but it's also rooted in sadness and anger is like the end of Rocky Horror Picture Show, yes. right? Like the end of Rocky Horror Picture it's Show. It's campy as fuck, and it's, it's not, so sad. The whole thing is like big and over the top and funny, but the end, if you're actually paying attention to that mm-hmm. movie, that and not like drunk in a theater full of 300 other drunk people, which is an amazing way to experience yes. Rocky Horror, don't get me wrong. Live Rocky Horror is very valuable and very fun and very camp, right? It's an yeah. important thing. But also the end of Rocky Horror is very sad. Yes. Um, and like mean like they literally the last line of the movie is like how we're insects crawling on the planet's face and yeah. nothing means anything, uh, which is very ex- deeply Brechtian. And deeply I was actually campy. just about to say I am pulling the fact that camp is rage um, from a book written by Stefan Brecht, Bertolt Brecht's son gay son uh from a book entitled queer theater uh-huh so yeah because brecht i mean brecht was brecht queer they're told brecht uh as far as we know probably uh, but i don't know has there that, here's no, a separate no question has there ever been a heterosexual playwright yes his name is david mamet and he sucks bullshit he's the worst i hate david mamet he's the only heterosexual playwright beckett might be but i also I was hate gonna beckett. say beckett only boring straight, th- only straight theater is boring. Beckett sucks. This is an anti-Beckett, anti-Mamet podcast. Yes, very strongly. And a fun fact about David Mamet is that he dropped out of the same theater program I graduated from. That's very fun. That you and Aaron both dropped out. <laughs> That's fucking. I didn't hard. drop out. I nah, was a minor. I didn't minor drop out either. I, I was a minor too. Play their fucking bullshit. Same, Aaron. No, I didn't want to do. I didn't want to do their damn dirty work for no I didn't money and dance no class their credit. Dance. When I already knew how to use a power tool, I was yes. not going to have my time abused and taken advantage of any longer. Fuck yes, Aaron. Yeah. I did the same goddamn thing. As much thing. money as I paid that school. They should have been paying me 15 bucks an hour and working that damn yes. workshop so here's, as much as I knew about how to use power tools. Here's something. I just This Excuse is a fact me. that I'm going to jump in with. When I was a freshman and up through when I was like maybe the beginning of my junior year. They did year, pay people to work in the shop. You could do your yep. work study in the shop yep. and you could get your shop credit and your that. work study at the same time. But then time. they were like, yeah, then they were like, oh, oh we no, should give you these people can't free labor. get credit and also get paid. That's impossible. Yeah, well, that that in my to my knowledge was the schools coming down on it when it, but they shouldn't have made it fucking class credit. It whatever. Point being, this is a whole separate call out. It's a whole issue. It's for the D, D yeah, department I, of theater. I dropped, but they were very cool to me. 
I made them fly me first class internationally. Fuck yeah, dude. I think this is, I, I am very comfortable I'm saying comfortable that saying that. Because I'm also uncomfortable with a lot of the things the DU Department of Theater does. And it, they're a public yes. institution. And I think they should be held accountable for their crimes. Yes. Because uh, um, they, they are good people yes, running a many, bad yes, department. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Fuck me. That now feels that the, good to say and think. One, we are free. We are free. <laughs> Uh, Sarah Kane is an example, yes, of it, it is a it is work it is worthy of study, camp. and it sh- should not be performed ever, no. ever, ever, because it is. I think it is is responsible to study yes. in a context where you can have context surrounding it. Yes, performing it to an audience, many it is a because every time every time you perform something to an audience, you even infect if, nobody fucking reads dramaturgy packets unless no. they're already theater nerds who yes. already know who Sarah Kane yes. is, like. That's a whole separate set of conversations about how do we get people to like how do we make how do we get people to engage actually relevant? Um, because right now it's like well done dramaturgy is amazing. So like yes. I've seen like lobby projects, yeah. But my dramaturgy for Hannah's play, pristine. it was amazing. Not particularly engaging though. That's the thing about dramaturgy. No, it was packets. super boring, and it's I loved super, it. Dramaturgy I found is it fascinating. so boring. Exactly because you're already a theater nerd. Yes, <laughs> only theater nerds read dramaturgy packets, and it's it's because and only theater, theater nerds make them. Right, because th- this is a whole. I mean, it's all tied. It's to, all theater now. I it's guess all theater. this is a theater this podcast. Is a theater episode. Um, but like like theater does such a bad job historically of creating new audiences and engaging new audiences like the art of theater especially like mainstream theater is just a bunch of theater people circle jerking at each other especially in Denver like it's yeah. just a bunch of the only people the people who go to plays are theater people yes. like what the fuck are we even doing and that's why I like the mission of Shakespeare so much because yes. most of the people at our shows are just some schmuck who was at a brewery that yeah. day um Speaking of jerking off into a circle, I think I'm the first person to come up with this Sarah Kane idea, so I would like to... Uh, TM, 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 I should write a paper about it. You absolutely should write papers. I've already got all the research You should write a book about why Sarah Kane... Is valuable. Is valuable, but still sucks. Yeah. And that's the title of the book. I actually would love to write that. Yeah. Because I think it is important to teach material like that and be like yes. you shouldn't stage this play and here's why it's not just because it's impossible and I know it sounds all fun especially if you're a college student I know it sounds all like fun and fucking edgy to stage a Sarah Kane play don't I am a person who loves Sarah Kane who hates the idea of you staging a Sarah Kane play right like you go do it I'm not gonna censor you do yeah. it if you want to here is why I do not think Sarah Kane should ever yes. ever be staged ever or really looked at outside of like uh, something too st- valuable, sorry, to study. Um, not necessarily even in an academic context, just like in a, you can study things by just like homies sitting around and having like a salon about it, you know? Yeah, totally. Anytime sure. homies get around and like discuss big artistic ideas. I love the combination salon. of the word homies and salon. That's me, baby. High art, low art. Baby. Baby. Why is it David Buster's an essential business? Yeah, thank you. Let's get thank back to you. the real question. <laughs> Stephen Buster's is really it's, fun. Uh, let, uh, sorry, I just yeah, have no, to. That's a it's good in question. my contract here. I have to bring up that uh, we're trying to get uh, David Buster's marked as an essential <laughs> business. So, um, change.org. Please, Make David Buster's go to change.com. Change.org. No, no change. go to change.com. <laughs> this is a change.com petition, not yeah. a change.org. No, this is not a real thing. <laughs> this is um, a change.net petition. This is a change.aol petition. Change, change.io. Yeah, this is change.io. Oh, yeah, go to change.com. It's a lingerie store. <laughs> <laughs> is it related uh, to just go to it? You have to live in Europe to get uh, it. So. That's a shame. Well, anyway, cool. tell well, anyway, them that Dave you, would, you would like Dave and Buster's to be marked as an essential yeah. business. Uh, write them a letter. Um, I feel like this is indicative of a greater question that I have, which is I do not understand what is essential and what is not, it seems, uh, because yeah. I am very confused by what is essential and the, what is the, not. The honest answer is that most of the businesses that are presently quote-unquote essential and open are not. It's just that everybody threw such a big stink about the liquor stores and dispensaries being closed that the governor was like, okay, okay, I'm sorry, you can have those. Yeah. And I, I actually would well, argue in favor of substance stores being somewhat essential because i would absolutely because an alcoholic will literally die yeah that's 
Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Super quick, and will take up space in a hospital. That's a good point. Yes, uh, that is my point you, for you liquor stores. You cannot stop And drinking. also, uh, um, dispensaries provide medical marijuana to people. Right. Uh, for pain and anxiety, which is increasing at the yeah, moment. Like, I would not be able to get through any of this shit uh, without dispensaries. Yeah. That being said... It's the more businesses but, that are open, the more dangerous it is. I mean, I'm confused like about coffee, coffee shops. That's like what I was about to say. Coffee shops is insane. places are considered essential uh, is insane. That's it's what I've been talking about. Because uh, rich people need that... Um, Screw it. That, that latte. They need that caffeine. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, caffeine is actually one of the most um, uh, addictive and uh, pervasive drugs that is consumed mm-hmm. in our society. So, I mean, one could argue from the same perspective of an alcoholic that a caffeine addict, if they do not have access to caffeine, would not be doing well. No, but, but you can also make die. coffee at home. Right. That's the thing. That's is the it, thing is, that gets me. That's you, can, you can thing. make alcohol at home. But it takes a while. And it's like a whole thing. You but can you make can make coffee hooch, at home. But you can make coffee at home That's what I'm saying. Extremely easily. That's the other point that I'm saying. Like, go to a fucking, go to a, uh, whatever. You can make it even if you don't have a coffee maker. You just need a filter and a cup and hot water. Like, um, and you can make tea. Like, caffeine is not – coffee shops are not the only way to acquire caffeine. Yes. And if you don't have caffeine for a couple of days, you're not going to die. You'll be fine in, like, You'll a week. You'll be sleepy. You'll be sleepy. That's it. That's the thing is if you, you get – I mean, some people need probably need it for whatever reasons. But, like – It helps me with my pain management. That's it's true. It's a stimulant. But the people we're talking about who insist on going to coffee shops, which you super don't need. Sorry, I'm hitting the desk. Um, you're emphatic. Are people who, uh, yeah, they would be fun. like, like if fucking Barb can't go get her latte from the place she's not gonna tip at in like three days, she'll be okay. It only takes like three, four uh, days to clean out from coffee. And Aaron, but I can't play House of the Dead two at home on exactly. the machine with the light That's gun. That's what we're saying. We do not have the time crisis at our house. I wish we had the time crisis at our I house. I do not have sniper VR training. I, I don't have I don't have nachos. I do not have uh, beer. No, wait, hold on. I'm trying to think a of things. A fresh, frothy course. I do not have light. Hydro Thunder at my house. I'm trying to think of arcade. Oh, Hydro Thunder, that's a I good, don't that's a have... good. Arctic Thunder is also yeah. Arctic Thunder's All still of the Thunder is yeah. very good. I do not I think that's have... the best arcade racing game. I do not have the boxing game. That? That's an actual game topic. Is how could, David... Could we talk about that at some point? Yeah, we're talking about, about that arcade now. Games? Yes, we should no, we talk about we're that. We're almost yes. at an hour, so we yeah, probably don't I have know. time we, to get we in. We talked about theater for too long, and we didn't get to talk about nostalgia, but that's fine because I love theater, and I feel me- medium about nostalgia. I don't think it's very good, actually. Yeah, I think it's it can be good, but it can't. If you Nostalgia is good. Sinking into nostalgia can be very mm, bad mm, because it... Mm. Uh, especially as escapism, especially right now, yes. can be very, very bad. Especially as escapism to a time that was uh, less good for uh, civil rights than the present day. Right, like cultural nostalgia. This for... is a call out for you. Yeah, let's public call out for the Republican public Party. Public call out for the Republican <laughs> for the GOP. Party. Fuck you. Uh, I yeah, hate fuck you. you. Fuck you. I hate You're you. I mean, fuck you and me. I hate you, the Democrats. Like, fuck you and I, I hate you. I fucking hate the political system in this country. Can we report on I the news? I hope the rats carry your feet away. Yeah, I hope rats all carry of all of their feet away. I hope that I their hope. hands get chopped off and they try to pick their hands up and they can't because they, they don't, don't have any, have any they don't hands. Have hands. I hope they go to a bad place where they have to put on Sarah Kane plays constantly forever and they have to figure out mechanical solutions to the staging things. that would actually be my hell if it yeah. was at the du department of theater i hope when a I go to flower hell, sprouts up be. out of the ground and grows above their head yeah, yeah. if it squashes their dumb yeah. i hope that too yeah i Pickled hope that sunflower too. seed um, i hope they yeah. piss their pants while being force-fed chocolate yeah i hope that too that <laughs> that was the character you played yeah that was robin <laughs> 
I hope that everything that happens <laughs> can to the characters I actually in say, Sarah- hold on a second. Yeah, can you actually describe a actually, Sarah Kane play? Well, no, what I want to talk about is the fact that erstwhile guest of this podcast, Addie, made me piss my pants and force-fed me chocolate <laughs> on stage, and that is the hottest and, shit. And she needs to be held accountable. And she needs to be held accountable this for turning me on posthumorously. <laughs> this is a call-out podcast for Addie. I watched that stage reading, and two... These two, hold on. These two, (laughs) (laughs) these two really hot actors, one of whom is an exceedingly bad person, uh, made out for like way longer than they were supposed to, and that was really hot. I thought you were. Yeah, I thought you were going to talk about uh, how two really hot actors engaged in a scene live on stage. Oh no, I don't. Nobody said anything. Here's what I. That's me and Addie. Here's what I remember about seeing what was that play called? Uh, cleansed. Cool. Here's what I remember about Cleansed. Those two people made out That's for a long it. time. I remember nothing else about. I can see it in my yeah. mind. I can look down at the stage and like, but I think What's... my brain blocked Cleansed out. Um, yeah, that play was boring as hell. I don't. I remember. love that play personally. It was, it was so boring. Well, I was also really dissociated during that yeah. time, so that's I mean, part of it. I mean, I actually find doing and seeing a stage reading of Sarah Kane's work to be quite transcendental because it's almost like watching um, a, a scene, kind of like our drag, like on stage. It's deeply campy. There's deep power dynamics at play all throughout it the violence is unrealistic and fake and the situations are also unrealistic and fake so i experience it and see it as like a scene i mean that's fine for you but i don't think i'm saying i want to see sarah kane be put on in a bdsm club that's that would be fine and if you were putting it on not to say anything just yes. to be hot yes. that would be fine because i think that's a good that idea that kind of contradicts saying that i don't think i still don't think that sarah kane should ever be staged no. because most people going into it are not gonna get that out yes. of it or no, if they are I, they're not I gonna know. have enough con- i fully agree yeah. that's why i'm saying club i think we could do a stage reading of sarah kane with like a lot of dramaturgy material around it um but again, nobody reads dramaturgy yeah. material, so we no, have to exactly. make it. I, the the most effective dramaturgy material that I've seen is when they do something immersive in the lobby. Yes. So there's like shit on the walls, or there's like art accompanying. So yes. it's it's essentially a separate. The dramaturgy itself is part of the performance. Like the dramaturgy is part of the art. Uh, New concept. We do an abbreviated version of Cleansed for our next drag act. <laughs> okay. Uh, we do a BDSM remix. Drag Cleansed. I don't want to. Uh, no, do that. I, that's bad. I, I think it's bad. I, I, like, I, I like the way Sarah Kai Kate. just said remix. Thank you. I like it a lot. I, you should make that your ringtone for me. I like it a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> you think you can give us one more? Give us a clean take? Um,. A lot. I, I cannot replicate the feeling that I experienced in that moment. Fuck. Whoa. Yeah, it's looked like um, it's looked like it's uh, been 7 p.m. since I woke up at 10 a.m. today, and so this is a long time coming. It's about to get wild up in KC. Damn. It's already wild up in Denver. There is snow coming out of the I was sky. Say, it's really not it's, snow coming it's out of the sky. Very snow coming out of my I think we should just wrap this one up. Okay. I think this is the end of the episode. <laughs> Remix. Hopefully you learned some things about theater or Sarah Kane or, or queer theory or, queer or theory. my brain. Or about how Dave and Buster's an has the greatest happy hour of, of any arcade slash bar slash sports They will give you alcohol for 50 cents. <laughs> I'm sorry. The thing you just said is they will gilf you <laughs> They will gilf you alcohol <laughs> gilf. Yeah, they'll gilf you. Yeah, Dave and Busters, uh, <laughs> upon returning from uh, quarantine, Dave and Busters is rolling out its line of gilf stores. <laughs> of course, the first tester. Uh, the first tester population will be Denver, Colorado. So Magic. go see all your hot grandmas and grandpas uh, in their skimpy clothing uh, at the David. That Buster. sounds fun, honestly. That sounds like a fun time. 
when you're Gilf, you're family. <laughs> and when they do their strip routines, instead of like putting dollar bills, there's going to be a weird jar that you just throw pennies in. And then they have to stick yes. their hands in the jar to get the change out of the jar. You know how old That's people mean. always have a jar of change? I do know how I'm old just saying it's part of, they like it, Kai. It's part of the performance. Oh, okay. These gilfs love it. Great. I love that. <laughs> So this has that's been, been if it's a gay podcast. we play. It's been if it's gay we play. Uh, I've been Hannah. That's been Kai. Aaron's been on. Skype. I've been Aaron. He's been Aaron. I think I've been as my closest approximation to Aaron. That's good. We're getting to me. We're getting closer every time. Yeah. <laughs> to to a authentic, <laughs> not authentic. He's always lost that. All natural, kinda, organic. Kind of like a, uh, you know unadulterated mm. pure mm-hmm. uncut. Um, uncut actually cut never mind so i have okay no you're okay you're cut. just you're out strong. me as a circumcised individual <laughs> apparently <laughs> kai was was talking about your muscles but this is a pro dave and busters anti-circumcision podcast it's not don't put that on me I don't have any opinion on this. I'm an intactivist. That's actually a very, very, very hot topic. Oh, yeah, I know. know. That's why I just mocked it. We've been watching a lot of leftist YouTube uh, about... And I also had to watch a whole documentary about circumcision activists for one of my gender women's studies classes. Uh, So I'm very educated. There's a very good YouTube. Oh, yeah. Channel we've been watching. Innuendo it's Studios. Innuendo Studios. And he has this very good, it's a series called The Alt Right Playbook. And he has this very good, like, breakdown of how the right functions, like how the yeah. far right functions and how they, like, recruit seemingly normal dudes. Um, so you should watch that. And they talk about, like, intactivists, not always, but are often, like, a gateway drug to, like, men's rights activists and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, podcasts, you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gay Gamers with a Z, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z. There's a little bit of echo in my headphones on. That's why I'm kind of talking like I'm on Quaaludes. Because yeah, I can't same. tell when the sound's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> it's I'm just take off my headphones. slow down a lot. Hold on. I'm going to take off my headphones so I can do the end stuff at a normal pace. Okay. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GayGamers, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z. Uh, you can email us at ifitsgaywePlay at gmail.com. Uh, thank you to Aaron for our dope theme song. Thanks, Aaron. You, he is the producer <laughs> of this show and of the Stick Poke Prod Network. Other shows on the network include No Exit. It's a comedy horror podcast that I do with my friend Wendy. And then there's uh, Backlogs of By the Grace of Pod. Hot. Which might be on permanent hiatus. Hot. Uh, but is funny. And there's apparently a new project in the works, which is pretty dope. So Ooh. stay tuned for streaming people. stuff. Also, almost a also month hey, our friend Charles. Hi, Charles. Hi, Charles. And me. Hi, Charles. There's probably uh, another month and... to go there at the very least. So we're. Uh, I'm going to run out of projects in my house before what? too long. Um, that's that. Wait, wait. No, no. I was, I was saying there's another project. Oh, Hannah, I, I couldn't hear you. That Charles and I did. It's called Project Outbreak. Oh yeah, uh, yeah Charles. Hi Charles. Hi Charles. He wrote a he show did. for it, and I did some uh, music and sound design for a different cool. one. Um, you should look up Project it's Outbreak because cool. it's a bunch of micro audio theater mm-hmm. um, being done by Denver artists. By uh, um, it's very cool and worth your time. Pandemic Collective, so who go, does pretty dope. Go work. give it I a almost was in Pandemic it, but collective. changed my mind. Yeah, go look up pan. I gotta tuck my headphones back. I got- Go look at Pandemic Collective on Instagram, and you can find, uh, or on Facebook, whatever. Um, you can find their uh, uh, Project Outbreak, um, which is what Aaron was just describing, which is a, a form of long-distance horror theater. Yeah. Um, they're pretty cool, Pandemic Collective. I've seen them do a show at Milk Bar at a goth yes. nightclub, and then it immediately turned into a club afterwards, and the, yeah. the show was about club kids. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, Speaking of theater, so if you like theater, <laughs> there's some... 
And uh, oh, also, we're not going to be in it, but check out uh, the Wit Theater is doing some interesting. We're trying to do some interesting stuff long distance separately. There's Corn Titties, which is a long distance cabaret. That's Lip Bite Productions. Lip Bite Product. If you look up Lip Bite Productions on Instagram, you can find them. Uh, and Corn Titties is going to be a dope cabaret mm-hmm. um, that we're going to watch at the very yeah. least. Uh, and we've talked about all the great all boobs I and think butts. I have. I am so curious to listen to the way that my voice sounds right now. Well, you've been later talking really slow all week anyway because of your antidepressants. Is Kai on Quaaludes? Oh, no, but you've been sl- talking slow. So it'll it's fine. Everything's fine. I feel fine. Everyone feels fine. Uh, everyone feels fine, everyone feels right? Fine, okay. Stop fucking asking us. Uh, wash your hands. Please stay at home. Stay at home. And your butt. For the love of God, do not go to coffee shops. Just because a business is Please. open doesn't mean you have to go to it. Let first responders and basically no one else yes. go and get their coffee. Yes, correct. They. Probably don't have time to make it at yeah, home, Yeah, first frankly. responders, there was a, a regular at the coffee shop that I worked at uh, who was a night nurse, and he would come in at, like, 10 p.m. and mm-hmm. get a uh, quad shot in the dark, which is a full yep. cup of black coffee with four shots of espresso yep. in it. So those people can go, can still, that guy can still go get his quad shot in the dark. His, I'll do anything for that yeah, man. Yeah, Aaron will do anything for that man. That's anything. anything. And we mean anything. That's hot. Forever. Uh, we should go Forever. now. Um, I have a family okay. Zoom session in 20 minutes, uh, which sounds like it's. I'm literally just talking to my parents and my brother on Zoom and my aunt and uncle. And I'll be there. And my gay cousins. Uh, and Kai will be there also. So thanks for listening to our program. Uh, I already told you where you can find us. And uh, the other thing I have to tell you is to keep playing gay. And keep being games. And fuck shit up. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.